Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We have got a busy show today, lots to talk about, including the Islanders 5-3 statement win in Washington last night, a big victory for this Islanders team that they so desperately needed, going up against the first place team and getting the win. Not a lot of turnaround time, though. The Islanders head back home to host the Philadelphia Flyers tonight. So we'll have a full preview of that game. Plus, of course, this date in Islanders history, a look back at a big game for Dennis Potvin and a freakish injury for an Islanders center that uh, had him out on the ice cold for more than 10 minutes. So lots to discuss and look back on on today's show. Don't forget, if you have a question, something you'd like us to talk about or a comment, you can email the show at LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. You could also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I, and we'll keep you up to date on all things New York Islanders. All right, let's get started with this game last night in Washington, D.C. The goaltenders, Tomas Grice for the New York Islanders, while the Washington Capitals counter with Ilya Samsonov as their starter, and uh, Islanders, both teams coming off some frustrating losses, Islanders losing 3-1 to Tampa Bay on Saturday, while the Capitals were crushed by the Flyers 7-2, didn't take the Islanders long to get started, as Anthony Bevilier scored his 16th goal of the season at the 3-30 mark, Assists to Brock Nelson and Josh Bailey, but the key to this goal was the pinpoint passing by this line. I mean, it was like tic-tac-toe kind of passing, a mini three-on-two, and uh, Bailey with a really nice pass off a give-and-go with Nelson, finds Bavillier, and bang, beats Samsonov, and it's quickly a one to nothing Islanders lead. And that's the kind of start you want to get on the road. You silence the crowd, take them out of it early, and the Islanders get on the board quickly. Bavillier adds to the Islanders lead his second of the night at 616, so less than two minutes, uh, excuse me, less than three minutes later. And the key to this goal is The Islanders getting into the dirty areas. This was a second rebound as Bailey and Nelson, you know, make the play. And 
Bavillier able to get his hands on the second rebound. Bailey had the first rebound, and Nelson was also right near the crease on this play as the Capitals were a little bit sloppy in their own zone. But again, the Islanders going to those dirty areas, getting the high percentage shots, passing the puck very well, and, you know, bodies in front of the goaltender, and that creates good scoring chances. So 6-16 into the game, and the Islanders have a early 2 to nothing lead. So a very, very uh, nice start here for the Islanders. Now, the Capitals end up getting one back, and it is credited to John Carlson, his 15th, Nicholas Backstrom, the assist at 12.55. And uh, basically, the reason for this goal, even though he didn't get credit for it, Alexander Ovechkin in front of the net battling with Johnny Boychuk, that distracts Tomas Grice, and Carlson puts the puck home. 2-1 Islanders at the 12.55 mark. Now, the Islanders, you know, the pretty goals in this game just keep on coming, and, and we will uh, talk about this one. First of all, it is a, a pretty goal for the Islanders, and it's all set up by Josh Bailey, who gets his third assist of the game on this one. A beautiful backhand feather pass to Devontae's, who essentially goes top shelf over the shoulder uh, of Samsonov, Fifth goal of the year for Taves at 18.06, and it's 3-1 to one Islanders. Ryan Pulak also getting an assist on this one, and the Islanders have a 3-1 to one lead in the game. It is a uh, power play, uh, rather, Islanders had a brief power play, but Eberle off for holding to negate it, and then the Islanders get this goal. Bailey. Again, three assists in the first period. At the end of the first period, shots on goal, even 10 to 10. But the Islanders were doing everything they needed to do to make those 10 shots on goal count. One goal, some very pretty passing. Actually, two of the goals, some pretty passing. Taze knew just when to pinch on that third goal and was ahead of the play and able to make that beautiful uh, top shelf shot. And the second goal... Three players in the dirty area to get rebounds and, you know, creating a successful scoring chance. So, you know, shots on goal in that first period, even at 10-10, but at the same time, it's not just the number of shots, it's the quality of those shots, and the Islanders had some very good shots and cashed them in. Now, early in the second period, Islanders increase their lead. It only took 45 seconds. Leo Komarov with the goal. It just got through uh, Samsonov. A shot from the right circle that beat him five hole. But again, Brock Nelson with a beautiful pass on this play that sets up Komarov. And all of a sudden, 45 seconds into the second period, the Islanders lead four to one. And they don't take their foot off the gas. And this is, again, uh, the beautiful thing about it. Midway through the period at 
It's Anders Lee with a very nice uh, centering pass. Good patience by Anders Lee on this goal. He centers it to Eberly, who tips it home. Eberly's ninth of the year from Lee and Barzal at 10:36, and midway through the hockey game, it's a five-to-one Islanders lead. Four goals on their first 11 shots, and just you know, overall, a very uh, great first half of this hockey game for the Islanders. Now, a little bit before that, uh, a, a fight that I forgot to mention, Ross Johnston and Garnett Hathaway go five each. Hathaway got two for interference uh, at the same time, so the Islanders ended up with a power play that they weren't able to convert, but at the end of the day, Islanders with a five-to-one lead midway through this hockey game, and uh you know, just a great thing to see for the New York Islanders overall. By the way, the three assists for Josh Bailey, according to NHL Public Relations, the first Islanders player to have three assists in the first period of a game since Marius Tchaikovsky did it back on January 30th, 2002. So Bailey uh, accomplishing something for the Islanders that hadn't been done in a little more than 18 years. Unfortunately, the 5-1 lead does not last long. First of all, the Capitals change goalies. Samsonov allowed five goals in 20 shots. That's not going to get the job done. And less than a minute after that fifth Islanders goal, Lars Eller crashes the net. The puck goes in off his skate as Carl Haglund's uh, centering pass is put home. Eller ends up landing on uh, Tomas Grice, but the goal counts. It wasn't kicked in. It went in off his skate. No distinct kicking motion. So in spite of everything, the goal counts, and it's a 5-2 to two hockey game in favor of the Islanders. Scott Mayfield heads off for high sticking at 15:29, and that puts the Capitals on the power play, and they do a very nice job of passing the puck. Carlson, his 52nd assist, by the way, uh, sets up Oshie, who took the shot from the left circle. Oshie's 21st goal of the season. Nicholas Backstrom also with an assist, and after 40 minutes, the score... 5-3 to three in favor of the Islanders. We're going to take a break, come back, discuss the third period, and wrap this game up with some analysis of what happened and why. More to come here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, so after two periods, Islanders out-shooting the Capitals 24-18. to 18. They out-shoot Washington 14-8 to 8 in that second period. And basically, the... Islanders, you know, they had the 5-1 lead. You feel the momentum going in the Capitals' favor, and they change goalies. That helped t turn the tide a little bit, and uh, Braden Holtby comes into the game. Bailey had a chance to add to that Islanders' lead uh, late in the period, but Holtby kept his team in the hockey game. But at the end of the day, uh, that was all... Holtby was able to do. He gets pulled with just under three minutes to go and his team trailing by two goals, but the Islanders managed to hold on 
and win this hockey game. They play a strong third period. Not that they were invincible by any stretch of the imagination, but they didn't take their foot off the gas. They still had a few scoring chances, and Tomas Grice, 26 saves, did a solid job in goal. You look at the uh, box score here, three assists for Brock Nelson, three assists for Josh Bailey, two goals for Anthony Beauvillier. Uh, as far as shots on goal were concerned, who led the Islanders in shots? Ryan Pulak with six. That's a little bit of a surprise to say the least. As far as hits, Casey Sezikis leads the team with four. Ice time goes to Nick Letty, 23 minutes, 37 seconds followed by Ryan Pulak at 22 minutes, 13 seconds. Among forwards, Nelson with 19.35, and Barry Trotz rewarding Leo Komarov for a strong game. He played 19 minutes and 24 seconds of ice time. Uh, just a solid all-around hockey game here for the New York Islanders. By the way, Ryan Pulak, in addition to being a plus two, having the assist, five, Blocked shots for the New York Islanders uh, for Ryan Pulak. And Devon Tays, by the way, a plus three to lead all Islanders players. So overall, you got to be happy. Alexander Ovechkin still stuck on 698 goals. And by the way, he was a minus four in this game. Nicholas Backstrom and Tom Wilson, a minus three. And Ovechkin did, however, take six shots on goal, but could not beat Tomas Grice. As far as the faceoff circle was concerned, uh, Casey Zizekas even, 10 up, 10 down. Matthew Barzal won six out of 10. Brock Nelson, rough day in the faceoff circle, won three, lost 13 uh, in what was a frustrating game. The scratches for the Islanders, Sebastian Ajo, Kiefer Bellows, and Tom Cunackle. No shock that Bellows is scratched, just not, not so much because he didn't play particularly well against Tampa Bay. He was fine, but again, give him a break. The Islanders have a lot of games in a short amount of time right now. He will take the night off tonight, be ready for tomorrow's game, it gives Johnston a chance to get back into the lineup, keeps everybody fresh, and the Islanders are, you know, ready to continue. But here's the, the thing you like about this game. Islanders on the road and able to come away with this win. It is one of those things where you're playing not just any road game. It's a divisional game, and you're playing the first place team. You win in regulation. That's a four-point swing. And it's huge. It is a huge four-point swing. Because if you lose this game, you're 11 points behind the Washington Capitals. You win this game like they did, you're seven points behind the Washington Capitals. And the Islanders have two games in hand. And yeah, you got to win those games in hand if you want to make up the ground. But at the end of the day, all of a sudden, the Islanders know Washington and Pittsburgh, the two teams ahead of them in the standings, are within shouting distance. And boy, the top six teams right now in the Metropolitan Division, all separated by just 10 points. Washington, 77 points. Pittsburgh, 73 points. Four points back with two games in hand. 
Islanders, 70 points. They have two games in hand on Washington. Columbus also has 70 points, but they have played three more games than the New York Islanders. Tomorrow's opponent, Philadelphia, has 69 points, one point behind the Islanders, although they have played two more games than the Islanders. And Carolina, three points behind the Isles. They have played one more game than the Islanders. So, folks, it is going to be a tight race down the stretch. But when you come up with a win against a first-place team in your division on the road at the beginning of a long stretch of games, that is the kind of statement that you, as a team, want to make. Now the key for the Islanders is to follow this one up. And they don't have a lot of turnaround. They play Philly tomorrow at home. And that's a big game coming up. We'll preview it a little bit later on in today's show. We'll also have this date in Islanders history. More to come right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, we'll do this date in Islanders history. We take you back to February 11th, 1978 at the Nassau Coliseum. 15,317 fans on hand to see the Detroit Red Wings invade Long Island to face the Islanders and the goaltenders in this one uh, for the Islanders, Billy Smith, while for the uh, Detroit Red Wings, Ron Lowe in between the pipes. Dennis Polanic gets the uh, Red Wings on the board early, his ninth from St. Laurent and Dan Maloney at 249, and it was one nothing Detroit. Gruesome injury in this first period. Islanders center Wayne Merrick got a stick into the gut area, ended up crashing into the boards headfirst, was out on the ice for at least 10 minutes. They had to insert a tube into his throat to prevent him from swallowing his tongue. He was unconscious, rushed to the hospital, but was able to recover and was thankfully okay. But the game delayed for about 17 minutes while uh, medical staff tended to Wayne Merrick. Once the game resumed, the Islanders evening up the score Billy Harris, his 16th from Gary Howitt and Dennis Potvin at 422, and it's a 1-1 hockey game. Michelle Bergeron, yes, the future coach of the Quebec Nordique and the New York Rangers, uh, he played for the Islanders back in 1977-78, got his ninth from Trottier, and suddenly uh, the Islanders led 2-1 after 20 minutes of play. But in the second period, it was the Red Wings coming back. Andre St. Laurent, the uh, former New York Islander, scoring his 20th goal unassisted at 2.57, and it's a 2-2 hockey game in the second period. But Dennis Potvin gets his 17th from Bob Bourne and Bob Nystrom at 7.52. That gave the Islanders the lead, but Dale McCourt answers from Reed Larson and Randy Woods, and all of a sudden, it's a 3-3 hockey game midway through the second period. Terry Harper scores his seventh of the year unassisted, and suddenly the Islanders are trailing 4-3, and the fans are getting restless. Islanders playing a bit of a sloppy hockey game. Mike Bossy not in the lineup in this one. Neither was Dave Lewis due to uh, a couple of injuries, and so the Islanders 
struggling, but Brian Trottier gets them back on track. His 35th of the year from Dennis Potvin and Stefan Pearson at 1454, and then Potvin, Dennis Potvin, his second of the game, 18th of the season from Harris and Bergeron at 1838 at the end of two periods. The Islanders clinging to a 5-4 to four win in what was becoming a wide-open hockey game. Mike Kizicki gets the Islanders' lead extended early on in the third period, his eighth from Bourne and Pearson, and then Dennis Potvan completes the hat trick, his 19th from Billy Harris at 7-10. That made the score 7-4 in favor of the Islanders. Uh, A late goal by Dale McCourt, and then Bobby Nystrom uh, scores about a minute later, making the final score 8-5 to five in favor of the Islanders. Big game for Dennis Potvan, the hat trick, and a couple of assists for a five-point night. Islanders with 31 shots on goal, including 14 in that third period. Billy Smith earning the victory as the Islanders beat the Red Wings 8-5 to five on this date in Islanders history, February 11th. 1978. All right, tonight it'll be the Islanders taking on the Philadelphia Flyers, another big division game. The Flyers, as I mentioned, only one point behind the Islanders in the standings, so the Islanders know they need to be on top of their game. Uh, You look at the Flyers statistically, in the middle of the pack, 16th in goals scored, 11th in goals allowed, so that's uh, a strength both the power play and the penalty kill in the middle of the pack. Power play 17th with a 19.6% efficiency rating. Penalty kill 13th. They kill 80.8% of the time. Carter Hart is the starting goaltender now for the Flyers. He and Brian Elliott kind of sharing the duties. Hart has 29 starts. Elliott 24 uh, Hart 15, 11, and 3, a 905 save percentage, 261 goals against. Elliott 14, 6, and 4, a 286 goals against, and a 901 save percentage. Kind of funny because Elliott has the better record, although Hart has the better statistics. Seems like the Flyers play a little bit better uh, in front of their backup goaltender. Flyers off of a 4 to 1 win over the uh, Florida Panthers last night. So they have now won four of their last five. You look at their scoring combination, Sean Couturier right now leads the team with 49 points, 10 of those points on the power play, and he is a plus 19, which is uh, leading the team. Travis Konecki has 46 points, including a team leading 18 goals. Jakub Voracek, 42 points. Claude Giroux, 38 points. And Kevin Hayes, the former Ranger, has 32 points, followed by 31 points for James Van Riemsdyk. So lots to, you know, lots of talent spread up and down this lineup. The top line, Couturier, flanked by Giroux and Voracek. Kevin Hayes centers that second line with Scott Lawton and and, uh, Konecki on his wings. The third line, Morgan Frost centers James Van Riemsdyk and Tyler Pitlick. And the fourth line, Connor Bunneman uh, is the center. And on his wings, Michael Raffle 
and Nicholas Aubey Kubel. The defensive pairings for the Flyers, uh, Ivan Provorov and Matt Niskanen are the top pairing. The second pair is Travis Sanheim and Philippe Myers, while Robert Hag and Justin Braun are the third pairing. A lot of players on the uh, injured list right now. Nolan Patrick and Oscar Lindblom are on the IR. Carter Hart, Joel Fabree, and Shane Gostisbehere are day-to-day right now. So the Flyers still winning, despite the fact that they are dealing with some injuries. But at the end of the day, and another important game coming up for the New York Islanders in a series of important games that we're seeing here. So uh, another big one for the Isles. They return home, divisional matchup. Let's see if they can get two more points and start stringing some wins together at this important time of the year as the trade deadline now less than two weeks away and how the Islanders do in the next 10 days, let's say, is going to go a long way to determining what moves, if any, Lou Lamorello makes at the deadline. And of course, we'll be on top of it every step of the way here on the Locked on Islanders podcast. Please, if you're enjoying the show, leave us a five-star rating and a review. Uh, It helps other Islander fans and hockey fans find the podcast and grows our Locked on Islanders family. That's going to do it for us. I'm your host, Gil Martin. Thanks so much for listening to the Locked on Islanders podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.